up in Chinatown. City buses just to get around. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today I'm really looking forward to today's chat. We're going to be talking with someone that we've been trying to get together for a couple months now, but uh, we're finally going to get together on a call. Today we are speaking with singer, rapper, songwriter, and a San Francisco kid through and through. We are talking to Kyle Shin, also known as Son of Paper. Hey, Kyle, what's up? Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, shout out to to Kim for making this happen as well. Yeah, Kim's kind of like the middle middle person for all of these things. She she knows everyone, and so it's always good to have Kim and. And speaking of Kim, we actually have Kim herself. If it wasn't for you, we'd, we wouldn't have all these connections. And she is, of course, If just to remind everyone out there, she is Miss Asian Global Community Service herself. It is Kim Sito. Welcome back, Kim. Hello, hello. It's always great to be here. And I'm so happy to have Kyle on here as well. How did you guys meet? Yeah, so kind of run it back through the pandemic Um when I was working at the Chinese Historical Society, we had this um, Makers Fair in October 2021, and Kyle was one of our performers, and I was like, wow, his music slaps. It's really good. It's very fire, and um remember buying a shirt that day, and I realized his name wasn't Son of Paper, but like we all call him Son of Paper, right? Um, that was when I first realized his name was Kyle, um, and then we kind of kept in touch and now I'm part of his management team. So it's kind of really been a journey over the past thick year and a half. Nice. It's crazy. I feel like I've known Kyle like since we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have that common connection with a lot of different Chinatown organizations too. I feel like you guys bump into each other all the time. We do. Yeah. Definitely, Definitely. at least once a month, like unplanned. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't know, audience out there, I don't know if you know how small San Francisco is, let alone SF Chinatown, you know, like it's a small community. San Francisco itself is is dinky. It's under a million people. And if you grow up here and you know some people like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I've had over the last 20 something years, I've had thousands and thousands of high school students because I'm a teacher, right? So if we go to Stonestown or we go, so, we go anywhere, Union Square, uh, Clement Street, whatever. I'll usually bump into someone that I know from the last twenty years, right? My kids, my kids kind of think I'm a little mini celebrity. They're not impressed, but they're like, "How do you know all these people?" And it's just because San Francisco is just super tiny. Absolutely, and and I think that's kind of uh, one of the like huge privileges I think of being like SF born and raised and still doing music from SF as a home base is is a uh, like I don't, I don't take it for granted anymore. Definitely, um, like I kind of feel like if I had moved to LA or to New York City, yeah, would have been kind of starting over with network and it's kind of a who you know industry yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll talk a little more about SF and Chinatown. Maybe a little Cameron House. We'll throw in a little uh, Thirty Eight Geary. We'll we'll talk a little San Francisco today. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Kyle and Kim. As usual, thank you for coming along. Of course. If it's okay, can we can we dig into your roots a little bit? It's a little complicated, right? It's not super simple. Yeah, uh, hence big. the name Son of Paper, right? So uh, you're Chinese American on your mom's side, and how far back do you trace that? So I grew up thinking it was fourth generation, four generations, um, being my taipa, uh, who was a, a paper daughter. 
But then I found out in the last year that we actually have some family that was fifth generation as well. Um, hmm. on my, on my mom's mom's side, my mom's mom's grand yeah. grandpa came. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you know like years is like eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds? Yeah, like really late eighteen hundreds. Um, and uh, but most of the family came through in like the the thirties. Yeah, yeah. And you use the term paper daughter uh, for our, and then you call yourself a son of paper. Can you, for our audience, can you let them know kind of what that means? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, paper son, son of paper. Uh, it's, it was a, I, well, I definitely wanted a name that contained the Asian heritage, but I didn't want to make it too obvious. So it's a little uh -huh. bit of a niche, very San Francisco history um, mm -hmm. in particular. So um, paper sons, uh, and daughters they came through Angel Island and um, it was during a time where Chinese people were not uh, allowed in uh, for the most part to come into the states at all um, and it was yeah. the the first ban based on race mm -hmm. in America and um, it, it, it's actually kind of connected to slave history as well in our country as as the the US was transitioning away from uh, black slavery and they needed a new labor force. So a lot of Chinese men, um, you know, everyone knows about the railroads and um, just their their physical contributions to society. But mm -hmm. um, the paper sun history is is also deeply connected to um, San Francisco history and immigration history in the states. Yeah. So like a lot of dudes um, came over in the eighteen hundreds. And then they went back, I think. Like my, I think on my dad's side, um, my grandfather was born in China, but his dad was here. And so because of the Exclusion Act, the only way you could get over here is if you had a relative that had been here already, that had right. established something. So they had these quote unquote paper sons, right? Which basically is just a piece of paper that said, yeah, this is my dad. He was here in the 1800s. And they lost a lot of these records in the 1906 earthquake, right? So they they kind of had, they they kind of there was the there was a this, this, this yeah the system yeah they played the system a little bit mm -hmm. where it's like hey I'm a my dad was here you know here's the piece of paper that says it so for some of us like my last name is Chin but I don't know if it really is yeah <laughs> I don't even know if it is or not because maybe that was just on paper it was just like a piece of paper that said I was related to some dude who came over in the 1800s. So yeah, it's kind of a trip to think about, wait, am I even who I am? I think I am, you know, just because it's just a piece of paper. So yeah, so that's a cool homage to that. And it was it was kind of rough, right? Back then, I mean, we don't see a lot of it, but that show Warrior kind of touches on that a little bit. And then of course the, the you know, we've, we've heard about the Exclusion Act, but just to live through it, is a whole nother thing. So, yeah, so that's cool. I like that. And then on your dad's side, you have a South Korean heritage? Yes. Um, so my my dad, who was born in Seoul, um, our family is actually descended partly from um, this town that's now in North Korea called Wonsan. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, during the during the conflict, the Korean War, they came to the, to the South and... Um, that moved to Canada, then fled again. Uh, I won't go too deep into that, but my dad grew up in New York City, so very much like Flushing, 
Korean uh-huh. sa- like just like the Korean yeah. Korean New York City vibes. Yeah, yeah. So you have a little bit of both cultures in you, and some of your songs reflect that. Mm-hmm. Um, does it is it almost a daily thing that you you think about culture and where you came from, or is are there some days where you're able to forget about it a little bit, or or how does culture affect you on a daily? Oh, uh, <laughs> a good question. <laughs> I, I think um, growing up here um in san francisco like i i didn't really connect or understand my korean roots very much there's mm-hmm. not as many koreans um that i grew up with the i've always felt very like chinese american and um even though i don't speak the language i like i'm just surrounded by them when i'm when i'm in the outer richmond where i'm where i'm at right now out of sunset uh chinatown and just like Cameron House in particular, um, a place we'll talk about later, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and so kind of the Korean side, like through media, but also um, I studied Korean, uh, I was a East Asian studies, Korean language concentration um, major at Wesleyan. Oh, really? (laughs) Were you you always into music? When, When did the music thing really take it? Was it like high school? Were you sneaking in? some some music on your iPod and listening during class or was music a big thing for you um i was always i always identified much more as like oh i'm a student i'm an athlete and i do like like i, I enjoy creative things but i never like thought of myself as artist as a, yeah. as a youth um i think i was a big fan of like just hip hop r&b and and you know like a lot of like 70s and 80s music that my mom would play in the car um and but i never like i was like oh yeah i I can do that like that's that's me you know (laughs) i think it it kind of like bloomed maybe in the middle of high school Hmm. yeah so are you more of a lyrics first person or a a music do you do you get the beats and the rhythms first or do you do the lyrics first how does your process work Hmm. i totally flip-flop i think the one unique thing that i uh, I I don't I don't really know like what other people do too much, but uh-huh. like what I do is I I really spend a lot of time on the first line of the song. To me, like the first line has to be like at least has to have words that are not generic in it. So yeah. I, I focus on making it both melodically and lyrically like quite distinct from other songs, from even from my own songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, like it's like. Yeah, it's like the 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 hook that that brings the listener in and be like, oh, okay, this is not, you know, he's not right, he's not doing the cat in the hat, you know, rhymes right yeah. now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you kind of go chorus first on a lot of your songs that I can think of. Mm. Is that because yeah, that's that's the line that you want to be out there, so you kind of start with that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's like <laughs> hip hop genre thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to this year in particular branch out, like do as much like. Of course, I'm doing hip hop and like R and B, but I'm trying to actually work on some other genres this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I noticed like you almost you do some singing. You do you, there's some jazz samples. There's there's a variety of your stuff. It's not all hardcore hip hop. There's a lot of there's a lot of variety to what you do. Of your earlier stuff, do you have a favorite song? We'll talk about Rooftop and Chinatown in a second, but do you have some some favorites from your earlier days? Ooh, um, I think there's a lot of songs that I that I'll never have that same feeling again. Kind of, you know, um, huh, huh. like I think 
like just the my first EP, like it's called just self-titled Son of Paper EP. Uh-huh. Um, I recorded with my recording mentor. His name's um, Malik of Aquarius, uh-huh. and he's featured on a lot of tracks. And just like he 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 used to live near near um, Ocean Beach, like uh-huh. on right on like 48th, basically. And um, I would just bike over to his house, and we just and he would just record me for free, like uh-huh. hours and hours and hours, like a whole summer. And that was the foundation of everything I do. Like he taught me how to like listen and and improve on my own. So like just the work that came out of that, like while it's not t- doesn't have technical perfection, yeah. um, it just like is so special to me. Yeah, it's kind of like your first love. <laughs> yeah, cool. Kim, do you have a favorite song from the early ones? Well, my favorite. Kyle always knows this. I say it all the time because I'm always like, can you please perform it? Um, is Soju Over Ice. I think a uh, lot of us yeah. are Soju fans. Um, but if you're talking about songs that kind of like dig into like deeper meanings, um, I do really like From a Rooftop in Chinatown because um, it really is kind of the epitome of like being an SF kid, being an SF Chinatown kid. Um, uh-huh. Because there's always these crazy cool references right like Kyle would mention um, you know lines then you know like sampling things from frying pan a walk right like uh-huh. all these like sensory things you kind of have growing up in Chinatown and just even kind of walking through Chinatown the food the people the places um SF Chinatown is definitely a unique place yeah yeah no that's definitely uh my favorite on the new album um it just yeah so Kyle let's jump into that since we're we're talking about rooftop and from a rooftop in Chinatown um for me I I started out just listening casually to it and it you know it 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 hits and it's a good song but then you start listening to the lyrics and you start to realize there's a lot going on in there what what was kind of your what was the genesis of from a rooftop in Chinatown it was right here (laughs) I was sitting right here in my studio apartment in uh, the central Richmond. And um, I was on a Zoom call with producer and the executive producer of this album. His name is Sebastian Chang. And he we were digging through Splice, which um, is kind of like a uh, like a crate for samples, <laughs> a virtual uh-huh. crate. Uh-huh. And um, we just heard the flute. We heard that like, da-da-da-da-da. Like just that little riff, that was it. And then we you know scrolled past it we're like wait let's go back to that one so we he he dragged it in and then he was like give me 30 seconds and 30 seconds later the drum pattern was done and that's the <laughs> that's the bulk of the like the the heart and soul of the song is is just the drums and yeah. that sample so yeah. um once we had that he was like what if you like what if you just did something like from a rooftop in Chinatown Da, 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 da. and then and then we wrote the song in 10 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah it was one of those fast ones that's the the perfect storm right when you just inspiration the timing the beat everything just lines up you might you mind taking a listen with us on this let's do it let's do a couple of seconds of this all right Super, I was down. Had a pretty yeah. song. Hope you play it loud. What's cooking? The walk 
Cause all the torch flames I got a spoon flex like I'm Bourdain When I'm on tour They won't ask me where I rap Cause I'm Mr. Chinatown Till I breathe my last breath Till I walk my last step I'll be running up the shows Beat busting through the city I'm the one like I'm a trophy What's up? So everyone from San Francisco, their heart is warm now. Nineteenth, <laughs> someone I used to live on Nineteenth and Kirkham. You know, like I know that I know the Twenty Eight well. I know that street well. Yeah. Um, so, for those who don't know, where is the rooftop in Chinatown that you uh, kind of inspired you on this one? Yeah, if people have seen the Pursuit of Happiness, that's probably the most uh-huh. like, memorable film that uses it. Um, it's where he's playing basketball with the son, Will Smith and Jaden Smith. And uh, he and Jaden's like, I want to play basketball, Dad. And and Will's like, uh, I don't know if you have the right genes, you know, coming from me. <laughs> and then he, and then um, when Jaden gets upset, Will's like, Hey, man, actually, like, don't ever let someone talk to you like that, including me. So it's just a very moving scene, and um, it's the perfect backdrop of the most to me the the best view of the city is is right on that rooftop, uh, and it's the Cameron House rooftop, which is yeah. um a nonprofit in Chinatown and um it's a it's private so you know <laughs> it's you can't a private just go court, play there. <laughs> you know like um there's a lot of people that break into it so don't be that person if you're listening to this <laughs> yeah yeah no legendary i mean the camera house itself we should do a whole episode on camera house i mean it's one of it's it's established to help women back in the 1800s chinese women by by a woman presbyterian woman Donaldina Cameron, who just wanted to help out these uh, Chinese women who there weren't a whole lot of women back then, but yeah, most of them were were working in the brothels or not most, but a bunch of them were working in the brothels. And so she really felt a mission for them and created the camera house church and community center. And yeah, for decades and decades and decades, uh, it's just been a place for kids. My mom went there when she was a kid um shout out to harry chuck you know like a long time minister there and um so it's just been you know for for chinatown it's really kind of a community center slash center of chinatown for a lot of people they used to have the carnival every year and then so many things go in and out of out of camera house but that rooftop yeah you, you gotta maybe i'll you you took some pictures there you shot some video there you did a concert there so maybe i'll grab one of those pictures but yeah it's one of those iconic places in chinatown that as soon as you show it, people in Chinatown will know what you're talking about. I hope so. Um, I, I recently hung out with with Josh Chuck, Harry's son. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Anson, and they were they're telling me about that there was also dances. There was like uh-huh. Friday night, Saturday night dances, and there was like a line out the door from you know people just in the neighborhood, even outside of it, that heard how cool and like they were doing had djs it was, it was like yeah a place to be um 100%. but it's changed a lot it's transformed a lot um yeah especially during pandemic and um there's a lot of dark history about the cameron house as well mm-hmm. for you what what's the meaning behind this song you know from a rooftop in chinatown is it just you're you're up there observing or you're what, what's going on in your head when you think about being on a rooftop in chinatown Ooh. Uh, just being on this rooftop, um, it to me it's it's where I grew up. It's like my adolescence, Friday night club, uh-huh. summer camp, um, going to all those programs, um, and it was where I learned how 
you know, to be, be a person, you know, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, just like playing sports with friends and, um, it was, it was always the vantage point that I was most familiar with and most, um, uh, in touch with, I guess, um, when it came to Chinatown itself. And so when I was thinking about what to name this project, I kind of like originally was going to call it the Mr. Chinatown EP, but, but it, that felt, it had a little bit of vibe that it was perhaps like I was the mayor of Chinatown or I was the protector uh -huh. of Chinatown, which is not true. So right, instead I right. wanted to come across like, this is the location that I'm going to tell you my story from. And from this roof, maybe other neighborhoods, you can hear what I'm doing and maybe we can have start a conversation and share stories um, from this elevated space and the safe space. So, yeah, yeah, no, love it. Love it. Yeah. So another song that has deep roots in the Asian American experience is um, Toothless. Um, Kyle, do you want to talk a little bit more about that track? Yeah. <clears throat> well, did you, Curtis, did you recognize whose voice is at the beginning of that track? Yeah, that's uh, that's Harry Chuck, right? From when they were doing the from his movie uh, Chinatown Rising, and so they went to the board, the San Francisco Housing Board or whatever there they were, and so you grabbed a sample from that film where he was like, "Hey, you you don't get that Chinatown, so we're gonna bring Chinatown housing to you." And they showed the living conditions of Chinatown, and it really moved people. I think just showing them what people are living in. Yeah. yeah, and it's to this day people still living in those conditions, SROs right. and yeah, small units. Yeah, um, to me, toothless. Um, it um, oh, it almost didn't make the track list because we didn't have a f the feature on it until the very end. Who mm -hmm. I mentioned is Malik of Aquarius, my former mentor, who uh -huh. lives in Hawaii now. So it's just hard to you know <laughs> get him down and get get the feature. Yeah, uh, yeah. This song, it is. To me, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's the most important track in terms of exploring Black and Asian, um, like just that story and and the current the current environment and conditions that are um, have been really stirred up by the media, especially. Um, and as we think about anti Asian violence, this is the track that um, to me is important when you <laughs> unpeel the layers. Um, to understand my stance on uh, on this current issue. Um, so the first verse, like after, after the Harry Chuck housing intro, um, my verse kind of talks about just the pain and the, um, the struggle of, uh, but not from my perspective, from the perspective of like an older Asian man mm -hmm. that maybe he fought in wars, maybe he just has a big chip on his shoulder from growing up in a tough time um, you know, Chinatown beat, you know, people coming in, like cops coming in to, to really terrorize Chinatown. Um, lots of gang violence history as well in SF Chinatown. Um, yeah. so it's kind of imagining what would, what would his story sound like? So I tried mm. to create that image. Um, and, uh, the, <laughs> the second verse, which is really, really cr crucial to this whole, project existing is um from Malik and he he raps about from the perspective of a homeless black man hmm. that um you know is just so stereotyped and just frustrated with um just how he 
um, is portrayed and how people just treat them really in- inhumanely. Hmm. So um, giving these two characters and, and you know, really, I mean, it's not even just a character. It's like real life people giving that voice. It was important for me in uh, uh, putting some nuance into this story. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit of it. All right, this is Toothless featuring Malik of Aquarius by Son of Pink. I'll be pretty toothless. They would never assume. Run in this game like I'm juice. Come get your dude. Shacked and be acting a fool. Shade on my neck is a jewel. Chill. They're always looking at me crazy, man, like I don't know what's going on. They have no idea where I came from. I used to be special just like y'all. Chill. Been a minute since any sentence been my defendant. They rescinded all our respect, enslaving our descendants. Every sentence, therefore, the spoken or further handed down is evidence of relentless efforts to keep our presence down. So now what? We found stuff to hate each other for. Preconditions so we don't unify them all. Keeping us divided has been the plan since day one. But we got more in common than not. So why you playing, son? The devil's got us fighting. To them, the Confine us to our own ghettos and got us genocide. Our brothers out here dying while Asian moms are crying. And all we want is some love from this land we occupy. They see me, they see The problem with having such a good beat and, and such a good uh, rhythm to it is that people don't listen as carefully to the lyrics. But when you really listen to it, did you write both parts of that or did Malik write part of that too? He wrote his, he wrote his entire verse. Um, yeah, we, we went yeah. back and forth and had calls about like how to really do this in a graceful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, that's like, you, you actually nailed it. Like, like I want it to sound really good. Like, and just like, you know, like it could be a banger. You listen to it at the gym, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then if people like want to dive deeper, there's, there's always layers that I'm hiding and, and trying to add to my, my work. Yeah. I, I got to ask as a teacher at Galileo high school, that running like juice is that a refer- is that a reference to Galileo's most infamous uh, alumni? That is indeed. Uh... <laughs> That's deep SF knowledge, guys. If you know, if you listen to that lyric, "Running like juice, like OJ," uh, Galileo High School, class of '65, I believe. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. I was preparing to like work for the Chinatown Rising documentary, uh-huh. they they made me watch the OJ documentaries. Huh too and and i didn't i didn't know he was like went to gal and all that stuff so it was um, yeah yeah it he's, a, un- he's unrelated our, but yeah unrelated but he was he was our claim to fame and also our claim of infamy now but yeah. uh yeah but no he was a good football player that's for sure yeah yeah no i like that i, I like this album you know this thing it seems really really personal to you um, is part of this coming out of the pandemic, you know, and what stuff we've seen on TV and just, um, you know, just some pent up feelings that we have as Asian Americans seeing people in Chinatown getting smacked or, you know, like just senseless kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but I also, you know, I think I, I, you know, even though the violence started happening in early 2020, um, I waited to release this album because I, I I knew that I didn't want to just fuel add fuel to the fire right um create work that just makes Asians you know feel angrier <laughs> so I wanted to make something with nuance and that that told the story um from a personal violence account not um not a generic like picking Third a team person. kind of yeah yeah, yeah. so um, to me, if if 
people listen all the way through, they'll they'll um, feel healing um, and transformation in the way that violence and fear and all hope and all these things can um, have changed for me uh, from high school until now. Yeah, yeah, no it it's been a it's been a tough time for people, and I think we're still processing it. It's still happening, you know. So I think it's just part of our of who we are now, you know, as, as a society, as, as people, I think we're still learning how to deal with our feelings as well. So it's good to have artists like you, um, putting, putting words to it, you know, putting music to it, helping us work through it in a way. Hmm. Um, but yeah. we should say that the whole, the album isn't all, isn't all activism and, and, uh, and just, you know, dealing with things. There are some fun songs too. You know, there's some, there's some, uh, love songs. Are, are you, are you kind of a romantic at heart? I noticed some of your love songs are about, you know, riding a bus with a girl or, or, you know, just missing, missing love. What, what, what's the romantic side of Kyle Shin? What do you, what do you think, Kimberly? <laughs> she Kim started laughing by the way, just now she's giving the, the, the rolling on the floor laughing emoji right now. <laughs> Oh, she. <laughs> All right, let's play a few seconds. Uh, what's your favorite love song on on your stuff? I think "Miss Love" is probably the one that people are connecting with the strongest right now. It's the current one. Yeah, let's do a little "Miss Love." Find myself frozen Shocked I was toying with women's emotions Oceans of guilt they might flood We do unspeakable things but we gotta speak up What good comes from latex after two What you doing? I just wanna chill and vibe with you With you Real love You gon' know it when you feel it That is real love That was Missed Love by Son of Paper all right, Kyle. What, what's why is Kim laughing when I called you a romantic? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I think he is. <laughs> it's really, really the origin, you know, of of me wanting to write songs was just like writing, trying to sort through things that I couldn't understand, you know, yeah, th- things yeah. that happened to me, um, or think just the way things were in society, right? With just like well, like Asian stereotypes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how to express myself. So, of course, love and romance uh, was one of the major confusions as a adolescent mm-hmm. uh, young man growing up in SF. So, uh, yeah, it's still, I think a lot of my upcoming work <laughs> is also going to touch on that side again. Yeah. No, I mean, I think as I just scrolled through, like, all your different projects, I mean, you have, like, you have a song about insanity, right? You have a song about in the armor, you know, it, things come and go in your life and, and whatever's at the, at the front of your brain. I saw, I think, what song was it that you dedicated to your friend Avon, uh, who passed away? Mm. Uh, it's called autumn. Yeah, that was, um, that was in 2021. Well, the song was came out in 2021, but mm. yeah, just different things happen in your life. And then, and then, is that kind of been your go-to now way of expressing things by, by music or writing a poem and putting, putting beats to it? I think, um, the, that it always, it always comes like, I don't write, it's not like, um, something bad happens to me and I write about it the next day or like, right. 
right. but it's it's when I've come to peace with it and I can see the full picture. I, that's when I usually write songs. So, um, yeah, the uh, Avon's uh, death, I guess, in 2020 definitely took me time to process. And but I think um, music can be really healing for the self, but also for the community. So mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot of other features and vocals from people that work at Sunset Youth. So we we kind of like did that together. I think that's yeah. Uh, yeah, how how it should be. Yeah, actually, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I actually worked with Ron and Don and Delvin over there at Sunset Youth Services. Shout out to Sunset Youth Services out in the outer sunset. <laughs> yes, big shout out. <laughs> um, I'm 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 actually considering possibly working part time for them a little bit to work with some youth and record some music. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, cool. I didn't know that you had that connection actually until I, I read your KQED piece. Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah. See, that's the thing about SF, man. You <laughs> you know one person, you're gonna overlap with some people for sure. So yeah. All right, man. So everyone out there, you can listen to some of this music in its entirety. You can go to Spotify. I found the largest collection of stuff on SoundCloud. Is that? Do you agree with that, Kyle? Is that- yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if. Yeah, I think most like all my songs are on SoundCloud, but um, you know, there was like a transition period <laughs> before Spotify became easy to use. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to go deep into the archives with Son of Paper, you can go on SoundCloud, Apple Music, you know, wherever you can download music, you can find Son of Paper. Uh, he's on. He's got a couple videos on YouTube. Super fun. If you're an SF native, you gotta watch. Uh, you got to watch some of his earlier videos like Ride With Me is literally a tour of San Francisco. You can get from Fisherman's Wharf all the way out to, to the beach and <laughs> all over the place uh, with that video. Super fun to see local stuff as, as Kyle raps. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a gorilla video, right? You're like on the cable car filming. You you don't have permission to film in the back of the bus, but you're just, you're just there filming. That was, I mean, that's to me like there's the, I, I've always been, you know, like not not the just like i think that's the spirit of of hip-hop and like just music and just growing up um here it's just like whatever you can do like just do it you know just to be courageous and you know get get kicked out of the mall sometimes whatever (laughs) um but just keep going too and and um uh and now i'm I'm very happy to say that i i can you know I, i pay my other artists that i work with and um, I, I don't steal beats from YouTube anymore or anything. So, <laughs> you know, it just takes time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, I met Kyle in the community when he's when he was performing at one of my work events. And kind of that's kind of how our um, relationship kind of like spiraled because we started seeing each other at a lot of things um, after that. And um, we'd love to know more about your community work and your involvement um, in the community as well as performing for all of these like community organizations. Yeah, I think performance is one of the greatest, I don't know, things in my life. Like I just love being on stage um, and like just interacting with audience. And um, I think that's how a lot of people in SF probably have seen me peripherally it's like on, on a random stage in Chinatown and, um, you know, I've done stuff in the sunset a little bit, San Jose, Oakland, starting to like branch out 
And um, yeah, I mean, Kim's been helping as well. Like uh, she's on my team. So we've been trying to do some touring outside of SF, but uh, uh, like just performing is like the main way that I make money in music. And it's the way that I connect deeply with audience members um, and just have like, just like the most inspiring conversations after performing and, and then talking to people about how they connect to the songs. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have a lot of shows coming up, Kim. And uh, um, the, the, the one that's coming up right after this episode drops is going to be uh, April 8th. So um, at the, I think it's called just like the makeout room and the mission. Yeah. And um, yeah, then there's just like six more that, people can catch me on most parts of the West coast. What's the easiest place for people to find out about these concerts? Um, they can join my email list that would, uh, or follow okay, me on Instagram. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, so my, you know, all my socials are at son of paper, S O N O F P A P E R. Uh, I, I also have a website, son and we, <laughs> Kim and I will probably update that as well. That's <laughs> our stuff. All right. Yeah. So follow, follow Kyle or follow son of paper on Instagram at son of paper. And then there's links in your bio there. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably post stuff about concerts. So if you want to see, if you want to see son of paper live, if you're in the Bay area, easy. And then I think you're doing a SoCal swing soon. Or are you going down yeah. South? We're doing, we're doing LA primarily, um, as well as, uh, Chapman university. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So everyone should get out there. If you have a chance to see Sun of Paper live, it's probably the way to hear it, right? Like SoundCloud is great and all, but hearing it live just hits different. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a friend the other day, like about like why live music is sounds so much better, and I think one of the main reasons is, is just the way that music is edited these days. Um, yeah. When you put it on a streaming platform, you want to make it as loud as possible, and there's not mm-hmm. as much dynamics in the music. No nuance, yeah. Yeah, so hearing it live, you know, some they can't keep it the same volume the whole time. So you can hear it getting it quiet and you feel feel a different mood from just the way that the vocalists or instrumentals, like how, how they kind of like yeah. move with the song too. Right, right. And it's not, yeah, it's not like a computer beat, you know. It's like live beat, you know, you're hearing... You're hearing people singing next to you. You're hearing glasses clink. You know, you're hearing, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just different when you're just with people, you're experiencing it as a group. Yeah. So he sounds so good live. I got to get out to one of your concerts too. I, I'm an old man though. So getting out of the house past eight o'clock is hard for me, but I'll, I'll do one of these days. I got to go. Kim, keep bothering me. I'll get out of the house one of these days. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you have survived the difficult question. It is now time for the lightning round. You ready? Oh, man. Uh, I guess I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right, let's <laughs> do it. So I dug deep. I dug deep into the uh, Kyle Shin archive, and I found that you had a little podcast. You yourself were a podcaster, and it was called Tea with My Uncle Iros. And everyone should go listen to it. There's a bunch of good interviews on there. Josh Chuck and Harry Chuck are, are two of the interviews on there. Jason Chu, another good interview on there. But I'm going to ask you to riff off of that and tell me, who is your favorite Avatar Last Airbender character? <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, of course, Uncle Iroh is up there. 
but yeah. I, I like I really like Zuko's arc. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And like to see him also return in Korra, you know, and yeah. be an old old guy is pretty 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 amazing to see. You know how someone that had so much childhood trauma, um, and just like set out to be one kind of personality or one can can like shift and like find transformation is like pretty dope. And like Dante Bosco's voice is great. Yeah, Dante. <laughs> Hey, Bosco. Yeah. Yeah. No, shout out to, to Prince Zuko. <laughs> Good arc on him. All right. Hey, do you have a favorite song lyric from yourself and then a song lyric not from yourself? What's your favorite? What's your favorite rhyme? One thing, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe the one that, that like right now it's off top is uh, we were shaken, but we overcame. Mm-hmm. Is the line, chorus, uh, song called "Overcame," and uh-huh. like if I had to get a tattoo, it would probably be that one, just to yeah. to show the 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 then and now and just the track the journey. Um, Do you I like this kind of rhymes where it's a little bit imperfect, where it's not like a perfect rhyme. Where you kinda... oh, that's that's I I only write imperfect rhymes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's more um, clever that way. Yeah, yeah. So just definitely like. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, working with, working with sounds, bending words like that. That's just how I was inspired when I was starting out. Like, Eminem, Kanye, they would always like really, really twist and bend a word, and they would just yeah, it just it's made they made it so interesting. Um, yeah, both like it's like a puzzle, kind of mathematical, but also like so human too. When you bend a word and make it, you know, you can paint a picture in someone's head. For real. All right, this last one I think is going to be hard too. Uh, what is your favorite spot? You know, it could be food or a shop or just somewhere to sit. What's your favorite spot in SF Chinatown? Besides the rooftop, I mean. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. Besides the rooftop. Ooh, yeah. This, I mean, I, I think I gotta give it to maybe Portsmouth Square. Okay. Yeah, it's just like. It's not that clean. It's like kind of noisy at all yeah. hours. Yeah. Uh, which I like. Which I, I like. heard. A, I heard a lyric. You, you play a little chess. Do you ever play chess down there? I, I'm trying to. Stuff? I'm trying to get better at at um, Chinese chess. I'm not good uh-huh. enough to recognize the characters yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> but I. That's a goal. It's a bucket list item. For real. All right, and Kyle, we like to end our show by asking our guests to pick an infatuation. Infatuation is anyone in the Asian community, living or deceased, that has inspired you. So, son of paper, Kyle Shin, who is your infatuation? This is the hardest question, honestly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually very easy. Um, Norman Fong. Okay, yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, Reverend Nora Fong, uh, he's a minister with... He, he's been, he's done like Presbyterian Church. He's done, he yeah. was at Cameron House, um, like he's he stuff with them, CCDC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. His niece was in my class. Leilani? No, Meilani? Oh, oh, Liani? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah was I in grew my up class. with her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, she was in my class for a minute. I don't think she was there for that long, but yeah, Norma Fong, uh, community leader. He's he's been around, right? He's been around for a while, a couple decades. Yeah, this is also on a mural in Chinatown. 
Yeah, no, he he does so much for the community. Yeah, no, good pick. Yeah, to me, like like even though he's not like the most famous per se, or like he's not necessarily like I mean, he actually is a musician. He's not he's not <laughs> he he's part of a band called Just oh, yeah. Jammin. Yeah, and just like what he does, what he's done for like particularly like Asian Chinese American community facing outwards is like really, you know, like unprecedented and. um he just is just a master of 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 yeah, just showing love and compassion to anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, like that's what I hope to do through my music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just jamming is good. They they play a gal sometimes for fundraisers. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. All right, yeah, Norman Fong. Shout out Norman Fong. All right, all right. Well, I think that does it for our episode. Thank you so much, Son of Paper, aka Kyle Shin, and of course, co-host Kimberly Sito. Uh, you can follow Kyle at Sun and Paper on Instagram, YouTube, or pretty much all the social media platforms. You can hear his music on Spotify, Apple Music, or SoundCloud, or visit Kyle's website, sunandpaper.com. Uh, so we talked about April 8th coming up soon at the Makeout Room in the Mission, and you can also check his Instagram to find out other concerts coming up. And all as always, you can follow Kim at QT Kimbers, K-Y-U-T-I-E Kimbers on Instagram. Or you just go to any event near or around Chinatown and you'll see Kim there. Very true. Kim, what do you have coming up soon? Yeah, I mean, definitely more events coming up. Um, definitely with API Month coming up in May. Oh, yeah. There's so many events, so many events. Kind of just keep your eye out. All these organizations are doing things. I have a little piece of the pie. <laughs> All of them um, helping them promote. You'll probably see me there. I'm um, walking down the street in Chinatown eating my pig's heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's... I got to give you some business cards, Kim. You got to pass them out to people when you see them. Definitely. Yeah. We have some Mahjong sessions coming up. We have um, my org's doing a gala. Um, Joy and Joyce is coming back, which is like the API vendors fair over at the Chinese Historical Society. There's also going to be an API heritage um, fair down on Grant at the end of May as well. Uh, you'll probably catch me out in the sunset doing um, API events out there as well. All right. Actually, and I believe Son of Paper is playing Joy on Joyce, yeah? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the one I got to go to. Maybe I'll go see you on that one. That'll be a good one. Awesome. All right. So thanks, Kim. Thank you, Kyle. And as usual, you can write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. You can always follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Infatuation Podcast. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to us. And on behalf of Son of Paper, Kim, and myself, we hope that you are all happy and healthy and safe out there. We will talk to you again soon. And bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. I miss you. Why is it $13.99? Sold you bottles over ice No one looking at a price tag, yeah Easy peasy like a bike Bumping speakers and a mic stand, yeah Sold you bottles over ice No one looking at a price tag, yeah Easy peasy like a bike Bumping speakers and a 